Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Legionnaire Podcast. How you doing today, Will? I'm good. I got a stuffed nose, but other than that... I do too. I don't think my... I can't breathe properly out of my nose. I've realized that. Bummer for you. I know, like one of the airways is always clogged. It's like no matter how many times I blow my nose, it's just like, no, nope, still can't breathe right. Damn. Yeah. Sucks anyway. You. you know, really, it does. It's really, really hard. Um, what was I just thinking? Um, there was there was something I was going to say related to my nose. I don't know. I can't remember. But what we're here to talk about today, the greatest Marvel show to ever exist, has finally come to a conclusion. Yep. Most likely series conclusion too. Yeah, I didn't which actually, I am glad. I am too. I'm glad they have like this is the finite Cap. stopping point. It's not like Obi Wan was like, "Well, we might actually do season two. It's like, no, we should have. This is that. done. Yeah, this is this is com- complete. Fiend. It feels complete at least. Um, yeah, Loki season two, episode six, glorious purpose. I like that title. They've, I really like that dude, title. Whoever has been like running the, uh, I mean, whoever's been doing the social media for like the Marvel stuff, they've been kind of like coy with uh, the finale lately. They've been like posting like on the Thor official page, on the Avengers of uh, yeah, and the Loki, and then like the Marvel Studios. They've been like posting clips from previous events in the mcu with loki like the first one started with thor where anthony hopkins odin is i I never i don't get how i forget odin's name uh when odin's talking to thor and loki and he's like both of you were born to be king but only one of you is meant to rule or something all right i don't remember flip those words but they've been like posting stuff like that so like they've been really coy like these last like week and a half two weeks like oh what's gonna happen in the finale they really te- they teased it well um obviously this this is a spoiler review I, it's always funny when, like it's like just like a meta note but like when people like log on to like hey this is like an episode review like a series finale review it's like why are there spoilers it's like i don't know why you clicked on this if you weren't expecting spoilers but alas no, they they really teased the the finale very well with all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say: like again, ten years ago, would not have told you that Loki was one of my favorite characters in the MCU, or I was intrigued by him that much. Now here we are after two seasons of his series, and I can confidently say that like he has a top ten MCU property. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy coming out of the multiverse saga, first off, because there hasn't been a ton of great stuff in this saga. Um, yeah, because you suck the Marvels last night. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm, I'll do a separate review just so I can like market that in its own. Or maybe I'll like, maybe we'll keep recording. I don't know. We'll see. But anyways, yeah, I like I liked it. Um, it wasn't yeah anything special. But um, beyond the point this like to have an actual not even just good but like a outstanding series in the multiverse saga it feels very fresh because guardians 3 yeah but i don't even really put that in the multiverse saga because i guess all it does is put peter quill back on earth for us but mm-hmm. like this not only found a way to make its characters interesting and for me to care about them but then it also found a way to then push the greater MCU plot forward by also not sacrificing the characters and their own arcs within the story. Yeah, there are a lot of the properties have sacrificed characters for like either bits. I'm looking at you, Thor 4. Or like, they've, I guess like Doctor Strange 2, like, I don't even do. Where nothing just, happens. Like stuff happens, but nothing happens all at the same time. Like, they give you a lot of cheap cameos only for like the end to happen. And you're like, where are we? How, like, how did we progress forward based on the starting point? And it's, it's weird. where like, you shouldn't really judge movies based on that, but like, it's kind of different when you have like the expansive catalog that the MCU does have, or they're like, Hey, we're going towards something. It's like, okay, then 
I'm expecting these movies to push us towards something, not like because some people are like just enjoy the movie for what it is. It's like, yeah, but Marvel you know changed I mean? the status quo of that, so it's kind of their fault as well. Yeah, you can't be mad at people for like being frustrated if it doesn't push an overall arc forward. Like, we'll just enjoy the movies. Like, dude, you're the one who created this. Like, you can't sit here and be mad at us about that. Like, you, mm-hmm. you guys are the one who started this whole like movies are basic this is like the movies are like a tv show but now we have tv shows to supplement the movies for the overall tv show arc it's crazy it's wild but yeah regardless yeah beyond the point i this show is so creative also um i want to say quick as well but i didn't really the first five episodes of or and even just the rest of the series I thought the score was great and all, but this final episode, the score was elevated to another level. Like this was beyond what we've heard throughout the rest of the series because I the the themes that were playing throughout this, I was like, this is this is a great like undertone that they're putting into the scene right here. No, and it's <clears throat> it's really cool because like Marvel in general, there are some theme like there are themes that like fit certain characters like the guardians theme is super cool the avengers theme itself is cool captain america the score is cool iron man like his score is just an acdc soundtrack so like but except for iron man 3 iron man 3 soundtrack is heat and i watch the movie again but like that soundtrack is so good iron man 3 is like my favorite soundtrack minus guardians yeah, uh, yeah, because like you know the guardians have that stuff, but like outside of that, like it's not like super. Like it's the score. Of, whenever I leave a Marvel movie, the score is never like that was really cool. It's not like Star Wars, but like this, like now, like when I think of Loki, I can think of like music that plays. It's like the weird, like eccentric, kooky music that plays in the background. Like mm-hmm. it's become iconic at this point. Yeah, like the. The tick, the clock tick tock kind of, but then also not. Yeah, they, man, it's like I, the do no. do 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 It's kind of like um, Twilight Zone ish. I dude, being a composer has to be so difficult. Like That's visualizing so- those notes, like I have like a n- newfound respect just for being a composer, and you're creating those notes before you can even hear the instruments get played, and you're like sitting there thinking, like, all right, how is this going to? How am I going to make this score? Because not only that, that it has to fit what's happening like in that scene. You're like speaking, a, you're using like a different language to convey emotion in English. Or well, maybe not English, but like your native language. Like in a, you're using music to convey motion in like the human language, like in your brain that understands it. It's, that's nuts. Like mm-hmm. I am not creative enough to make a musical score no not at all i i absolutely love it though but uh i want to say first as well the intro where they were playing the marvel studios theme backwards man both see both season finales like with the first one where they were doing uh in season one where it was like not just mcu history but then like world history where they did like the landing on the moon and stuff like that um i was a fan of that but then in this they do the same thing where they play the mcu marvel studios backwards i'm like eh, nice still finding a way to reinvent the wheel dude it's every single episode like i looked at all my notes i every single time i wrote this show is so effing creative like it is i don't know i, I probably should have looked this up beforehand but like whoever's running this show like kevin's got to give them the keys to the kingdom at this point like give them the keys to the corvette dude let them just rip on all of these property like Kevin is so over. I mean, we could talk about this. Is probably a later thing where, like, how are they very overstretched? Yada yada yada. But regardless, the t- I want to talk about the time slipping in this. How well it is used? Because, yes. like, oh my god. Okay, I I've I've stuff to talk about with this. Um, you you hit it. Well, okay. So you talk about them being creative and everything, and they use the time looping and time slipping where he keeps going to the same event over and over until it succeeds, and he has to learn quantum physics and all these like physics and engineering and all this stuff. And it says in the title card centuries later, bro is like experiencing maybe five minutes. If he's lucky, you have to experience centuries of like that five minute point in time. where You're like, all right, I just learned 
this part of engineering. I need to go on to this part and then this part. Bro, he had to have gone through that well over like a trillion times just for oh, him yeah. to get centuries later, just based off of the – I'm being generous saying it was five minutes. But the fact that they do that, again, it's not like – it's not like it's a new idea. Like there's been other science fiction properties where they've done like Doctor Who where mm -hmm. or even something else where Back to the Future, like the grandfather of like time travel where it's like, oh, they Back to the Future 2, you end up in Back to the Future 1 and you're doing all the same stuff over again, but in a different like manner. They do that in this, but again, they find it, they find new ways to make it more creative and innovative just in like the way that they tell the story. Yeah, no, it's you're watching Loki loses, and this is where like, dude, this like Loki is a up until this point, he's a very one dimensional character until he hits Ragnarok. He kind of gets a little two D. This show takes him like to the eleventh dimension, like because you watch him go from the guy's like I want to rule, yada yada yada, to he's like I am gonna drive myself insane, learning everything I can to save everything I know for all of time and all of existence like that level of development he's like because when he looks at Obi, he's like how am I, how long is it going to take me to learn everything that you know he's like centuries he's like all right all right let's I let's got, hit it <laughs> i got time man and um i wrote down i said hype it finally worked and then like two seconds later i wrote dash never mind <laughs> I wrote, of course it's not working. He's like, hey, wait, it's not working. I'm like, nah, of course. Of course it's not working. Why would it? Well, so the moment it stopped working, I was like, I know exactly where we need to go. And I'm so glad that they went back to He Who Remains. He is inevitable. I wrote that down. He is inevitable. Like, HWR. RIP. HWR. <laughs> He's True. like, you thought this was it? He's like, yo, you finally put it together. Like, how many times have we done this? It's like, Jonathan Majors is so good at playing He Who Remains. I was going to say, I think He Who Remains is still, out of the three Kangs, is his best performance. It's not even close. Like, it's, Victor Timely is probably the worst, but, like, he's not even bad. He's I, I still really like him. Yeah, I like, I really like all of his, but, dude, He Who Remains is, like, it's this just like next level of like omniscient present that he has when he's like, oh, like, let me just pause. Let me pause this fight. It's like, hey, you're finally back and you finally put it all together, huh? Mm -hmm. and he's like, what? And he's like, you thought he's like, dude, you thought like you guys just killing me was it. And I didn't have a plan for after that. Yeah. Well, I love that. I oh, Dude, that season one finale was so good. And this one, it, I, I'd really have to sit and think about which one. I'd probably say this one is. I gotta say uh, this. One. Okay, well, here's the thing. You have to remember, though, going into the season one finale, it was like, who is the person at the end of time? Who is the person ruling all of this? So, seeing that elevator door slide open and we see Jonathan Majors, and we're like, thank God. Like, I yeah. couldn't have been more excited. So, I, they're both equal, in my opinion, because. Like the anticipation going into that season one finale, and it, like everybody, oh, it's a Loki at the end of the throne, which, I mean, yeah, obviously we know he gets there. If you've seen the episode, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, you know that conversation between the two of them, like trying to workshop what they could possibly do, because I like the conviction in Loki where he's not going to kill Sylvie. Granted, I could not. I don't think if I was in that situation, if I went through it as many times as he did. Because he's going through this like infinitely and he's just continuously trying to stop her and he won't kill her. I love his conviction where he will not kill his friends and slash the one he's in love with. But I mean, they also kind of dropped that plot line. Um, they did. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of bummed that they did simply because I liked how weird it was. Yeah. He's in love with a version of himself. That's a woman. In very egotistical movie. but like i still like that yeah i do man like one it, of me is enough and i have enough of me the way it is i don't know how like that like when he's like with that like he's like yeah i'm falling in love with me from a different universe I'm like wow this is weird like we are in uncharted territory they, they definitely dropped that plot line this season but i mean i thought it was interesting like again you don't see stuff like that so i thought that that was i mean hey you know what who knows party on 
infinite versions you never know um but him still refusing to kill her and stop her from destroying he remains i'm like damn dude i don't know if i would have that same level of uh restraint and discipline myself because i would have lost it at some point dude i lost it like t- number five and i would have been like i'm sick of this like you are an idiot like mm-hmm. i'm like okay i like sylvie was a really good character in season one season two i'm like dude this is this is all your fault like i'm not like saying that your decision was like i understand your decision but you can't be mad at other people for being frustrated with your decision yeah i she definitely takes a back seat this season which is a bummer yeah i mean the thing is with a lot of like the disney shows we talked about this last week of like main characters getting the put in the back seat i'm glad like i'm okay with her getting put in the back seat because if loki was kind of put pushed off to the side and not centered as much that that would have bummed me out a little because it is his show and it's like i'm here to watch loki i'm not here for a sylvie show yeah that makes like the mandalorian being about bo katan like this season three being above a bubble like it was cool, but like I like Din Dungeon more. And allegedly, the title of Mandalorian can go to anyone, so we'll see what happens in future seasons. But um, I, I like seeing him and he who remains workshop, and they're just sitting there like he's explaining to him what the temporal loom actually is, and oh yeah, it's just a failsafe for anything that isn't the sacred timeline just to get destroyed. I think I understand what the sacred timeline is. It's multiple timelines, but just like specific ones where like they aren't doing anything that's going to, you know, cause chaos. Because everyone was sitting there wondering, like I think I get an understanding how Endgame works where our main heroes, they travel through one of those timelines that's on the overall sacred timeline, and then everything else is just destroyed. And now that's how my working understanding of it is going but again i might be completely wrong or at least that's how it did work i should say um i but, don't and we like i don't need to know how everything works like i'm like i can yeah. you can hit a point where like all right whatever like this is just fine yeah no exactly but i did write down uh he who remains is the goat and i will stand by that for the rest of my life i well okay they do make, I want to say it now just because it's fitting in the story. They do make a brief mention at the end of the episode. They're like, how's the Victor Timely variant doing? Like, oh, he's living his life fine. Was there any other issues with him? Oh, there's a 616 adjacent variant that had an issue with the event. They like they said somebody got it figured out. I'm like, yeah, they're definitely talking about Kang the Conqueror there. Yeah, and that... He's I not dead. I don't think he's gone. He is not gone. He better not do That would be egregious if, like, the ants actually killed Kang the Conqueror. Um, yeah, that one... I'm still a little concerned about how they're going to move forward with Kang because it's like... You defeated the most dangerous Kang. and Well, he's not even the most, the most intelligent Kang in this one. So how do you... This is where the multiverse, this is where I'm like, I don't know how this, like, I don't know where they're going with this and how this moves forward because I guess we're kind of skipping a little closer to the end. Um, but there was one scene that I want to talk about. Um, actually, we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about this part, like where they move forward later because we have other stuff to chat about as well. With I mean, you could bring it up now if you want to. No, I want to talk about the Mobius and Loki scene when he time slips into that point. The inverse of uh, their first interview. Yes. When they do a different one and he's like, how do you like, he was was like, how do you choose like what needs to be done? And Mobius is just like, choose your burden. Like you got to choose your burden. Like, Mm -hmm. what can you live with? I'm like, dude, that's, that's real. Like that's some real world stuff right there. Owen Wilson is like the most relatable character in this show. Yeah. He's man just wants to ride on a jet ski be with his friends you know it's a bummer is like i think that this is probably the last that we'll see of mobius probably which bums me out just because i like him a lot i mean yeah if he was like a reoccurring character i just because i like owen wilson like i like just the way that he has his mannerisms as an actor i just think he's funny and he's so he's so funny in this like entire series it's but to your point, yes, I like the whole inverse of like in season one, 
it was very much like an interrogation of Mobius with Loki and this it's very much so Loki's not really interrogating him but he's kind of also trying to get a deeper and better understanding of like how he can what he should do as a person individually more so and like what makes Mobius tick I'm glad that like Mo like that wasn't a scene where he's like wait a minute how are you it's like Mobius is just kind of like yeah time's crazy and he's like no no this is what it is oh you figured it out okay mm-hmm and that that whole thing where it's they talk about the partner with Ravona and Mobius, and Mobius wasn't able to be the one who did it. I was like, mm. I was writing at the time, and when they when Loki said, "So you weren't able to," or how did you feel when your partner had to prune that kid? I was like, Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. No, that was that was that was pretty heavy. Uh, that moment where he's like, he's like, yeah, like I couldn't do it and it's like Hell that's yeah. that's pretty cool like this is when it, like this is where like that mo- we're like you're just allowed to be in a moment for an extended period of time and like understand what the characters are feeling because sometimes you don't really get that mm-hmm. um a lot of times like in just comic book movies in general like you know like spectacle like it's they're fun but like when you finally get to sit in moments and find relatable characters it's really cool I would agree. Sorry, it looked like you were looking up there. Um, I'm just trying to make sure my lights don't fall on me. Uh, well, so then that leads into like the last major thing, where Loki destroys the temporal loom. That was boss. That was that was pretty hype. And he's walking out there. I couldn't tell what was happening at first when he was walking out like on the the gangway, but it you see his Loki costume, a new version of it sort of come into fold man that thing was clean that thing was super super clean i i mean it wasn't like clean like but uh you know we say it us kids say clean fresh it was clean it was new it was it was yeah it was clean and fresh i don't know what else i would use to describe it but i really liked this costume like that thing was super good looking I guess it was a lot less grandiose than it usually was. Like back, like the old logo, like the big helmet and the flowing robes. This was just very simple. He still had the cool horns that, you know, mm-hmm. that makes Loki Loki. But well, I like that too. Cause like the Asgardians and everything, when they were on the planet Asgard, um, like that was like their whole thing. Like all these grand spectacles of outfits and everything. And they're, very ancient but they're also very futuristic with their spaceships and shit that they have sorry yeah. but like i mean it's just uh yeah i i like the, the simplicity of his costume but they still like remain true to like the horns and everything and he's kind of got the green undertones with it all this is where i became watching him walk out on the gangway and his music is playing and he's transforming into his costume like damn i'm definitely a low-key fan now oh, like yeah. that's i sat there and i was like i am because I don't know, for like 90% of the season, he was kind of just doing things. And I was like, he kind of just felt like a guy to me. Like, I forget Mm -hmm. that he's a god. I forget that he is a god and that like he is the god of mischief. But I mean, he's also the god of time now at this point. So he's the god of the multiverse. Yeah. Well, because, okay, so he destroys the temporal loom and he's grabbing all those timelines and they're sort of like his cape and they're the burden that he's carrying all the way up to the throne, which. He finally gets his throne. That's what I'm talking about, where they were being coy with it. And they're like, oh, I'm Loki. I, I, my whole thing is glorious purpose. I'm going to sit on a throne. He finally gets his throne, which, you know, I'm going to be honest. I was completely wrong. I thought he was going to kick the bucket at the end of the series. I thought he was too, but I, it does make more sense. Like in retrospect, yes. it does make way more sense that like, it's what's great about this, like this show is because he like when you initially meet Loki, he wants the glorious purpose of being in front of everybody. And like, I am the star and everybody can see me on my throne. Nobody sees him on his throne. Nobody knows he's on his throne, but everybody he knows, everybody he loves gets to exist and everybody gets their, their moment in time in their universe. And like, that is how content he is with his place. And like, that's character development. And that's some gripping television. I'll tell you what. It is. I would agree. I like him actually finally being behind the scenes and he's not the Thor type where I'm the king of Asgard. I'm in front of everybody and they can see me as the face of it. Now, granted Thor is not ruling Asgard anymore. Um, But I, I still enjoy like, yeah, you get to see him 
be behind the scenes well so he takes everything now i mean he's he's basically giving life to the multiverse you called it oh yeah he is so in the secret wars graphic no no guy i come on you're supposed to say the tree of life there come on oh the tree of life yeah 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 no like when they show like the multiverse and then they orient it i'm like oh this is the norse tree of life and like you bring it back to what did I get? Because you, know, you forget he's a Norse god. Because it was funny, like in the episode when they're at the Chicago Fair, and he's like, "Like oh, Thor's not that tall. Like, come on." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Moby's like, "I forget you're one of them." It's like, yeah, you kind of forget that he's a, a Norse god. Exactly. Um. Well, with that as well, too. I don't know if you noticed, but like the top of the tree, it kind of looked like the br- the leaves and everything that would be on that tree. It looked similar to the multiverse branching out from. Uh, no way home kind yeah of. i think it's just like new things are being created like that's mm-hmm. like the tree is growing and like you know there's more timelines and like loki's somehow powering all of this which is like that's crazy but, he's giving life to the multiverse but so i i like seeing that i like actually getting to see a visualization of what the multiverse is because we've just seen branches and i guess mm-hmm. i never thought of the branches as a tree i just thought of which i mean i know branch tree but again never crossed my mind up that until the episode getting... i'm not gonna like, lie that just i just pieced that together as well like yeah branch on a tree i like not once throughout this series i sat there and i was like these branches could end up being a tree i was definitely just thinking of a line and something breaking off of it and i was like oh okay yep there you go yeah, that's how line. it is which i know so profound of me to finally realize that but now to your point where we can actually start theorizing about what this actually might mean. So in the Jonathan Hickman run in Secret Wars, when Doctor Doom goes to the edge of the multiverse with Doctor Strange, they need somebody to power what eventually comes in like the Doom world or whatever they call it, but they use Molecule Man to power that. Because we've been theorizing the whole time, like who's going to be the Molecule Man role? We kind of said Captain Marvel, but we didn't know how that was going to work. And we now have our molecule man who's like powering the multiverse and that is loki mm-hmm. because seeing him give life to that tree of life and everything that's happening in the multiverse now because of him he's clearly the one who's running the show for it so whatever is going to end up happening in secret wars regardless of how they end up choosing to proceed with the story all paths lead to loki at this point like at some point we're going to run into his character again and there's going to be a point in time where it's like how are you going to proceed with him ruling the multiverse and what's going to become of this battle world that might end up happening with all these legacy characters that come back um i guess we'll have to see yeah it's this is where like now this is where i'm like this is awesome and then like this finishes and i'm like hold on where how do we move forward from here because Let's be real here. This show has carried all of the multiverse saga. Like they have yes. played with multiverse elements in all of the other movies, but nothing has actually developed of all of that. Like in the Infinity Saga, you saw Thanos. Oh, we, now we have this power. This power stone has been the power stone has been introduced. The time stone has been introduced. The space stone or whatever the the tesseract was introduced. Like we're building towards the Infinity um, Gauntlet. In this one, we're like, well, the multiverse exists. Da, 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 da. like that's it I'm like kang died and died in ant-man 3 but so he defeat like loki has defeated he who remains there are kang variants out there this they can just they can start running free now at this point like they they're let loose and so now i'm like okay like how are we moving forward to We've moved forward, but we've also moved back because I'm like, I don't know. I have no clue how we're getting the Kang Dynasty now because now we've seen two Kang variants be defeated. Yes. Well, he who remains wanted to be defeated. He was he was sick of his job. Um, I don't blame him. That's a boring job. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Loki's just going to be sitting on that chair. Just, ugh. Um, but I... I had an idea. I had a thought process. It's gone now. Um, Sorry. No, 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 no. I, but I guess with the Infinity Saga in the pot, like the Infinity Stones that they were setting up, it made sense. With this, 
they're just like giving cameos and everything and it's like hey you recognize this face hey you recognize this face it's like here's sir patrick stewart as professor x again it's like yeah i mean but you're not really doing much with that like i mean i'm not it's not giving me anything it's just nostalgia value at that point but that being said deadpool 3 which now has a release date of july god bless the screen actors guild association strike is done so we can get back to filming movies um yeah deadpool they 3. finally they finally stopped trying to advocate for their rights to get paid and all god i know gosh come gosh. on i want god, my I can't movies believe, i can't believe you actually like you wanted health insurance and just basic rights that i just can't believe you need no it's good. that's good that's good that they're finally getting what they deserve and it is but so deadpool 3 is coming out in july now which is only a two-month delay so not seems like they were still on schedule but i think that's going to be the movie where we actually start to see more multiverse stuff that happens because we know that that's technically like the first deadpool 3 is technically the first official non mcu property i'll say even though now that fox is owned by uh disney technically like this is the first one that's coming and that is canon to the mcu timeline so i'm excited to see like sort of what that introduces taylor swift is supposed to be in the movie allegedly um so oh, yeah isn't she playing like a deadpool variant no she's playing a character called the dazzler it's a she is a superhero who struggles to live her life as a superhero and also a singer that's so bro that's you know that, that like if she's in the movie oh my god the guaranteed billion dollar movie right there dude that's yeah, if Taylor Swift is in Deadpool 3, that will be you're going to you attract a whole new demographic. That the craziest part is like if you had told me Taylor Swift was going to be in any MCU movie, I would have been like that's stupid. But when you say she's going to be Deadpool 3, I'm like, I you know what? That makes of course she is. Like why not? That's Ryan crazy Reynolds could get that to happen. Dude, you're going to attract a whole I mean, you probably shouldn't be like, like you know, like the teenage girls who listen to Taylor Swift probably aren't going to be going to Deadpool 3. Like the young kids who like Taylor Swift aren't going to be going to Deadpool 3. I hope not, but like yeah. Dude, that's that's so genius that they're doing that. <laughs> we'll see if it actually happens, but I'm excited to see like sort of what they do with that and how. Because I think it, I think this might be the last Deadpool movie too. Um, but I'm excited to see sort of like what happens and how they use what's happened in Loki to introduce this multiverse stuff. Because I'm thinking about how when they release the schedules of these movies and they say like. All right, Deadpool 3 cannot come out until season two of Loki is finished so people can understand how some of this stuff is happening, which I'm going to be honest, I don't really know how much of that went into planning because I don't know how involved Kevin Feige was during the pre-production of like this entire movie. Well, and you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure he was involved. The, granted, all right, for like disclaimer for anybody listening, we don't understand how all this stuff works all the time. So we're kind of just like trying to rationalize this in our own brains but when you say like oh well people understand like now that loki's happened everybody understands the, the craziest part is not everybody's watching loki so like that's their fault don't yeah i mean that is their fault because the show's amazing but like not everybody's seen loki so people who have just been watching the movies are like what is happening right now and mm. what's the what is the baseline for all this like loki has really set the baseline for everything so long story in conclusion i'm still confused but like mm -hmm. i don't know how that proceed i need to like sit and think because like i'm so confused i don't even know where i'm going when i'm with my statement on this i need to gather my thoughts i don't know i guess we'll see but so deadpool 3 though they did release the uh like the new schedule now that the strike has ended i think it's like officially ended they, i mm -hmm. but like they never really said they never met the entire list of the uh, what the Screen Actors Guild wanted, but they the strike has ended. So I'm like, I, I wonder what they compromised on. It was the wording that they said with AI. So that was like the tipping point, I guess, was like what how they worded how they were going to use AI. Um, but and it was like specifically related to like people when they die. And I'm like, 
seems pretty basic enough. I know studios can't grasp the idea that it is pretty uh, immoral of them just to like use AI. Start using somebody's likeness. Like not pay anybody for that. Like not pay their family, not get them to consent to doing that after they die. Like that's, that's like, yeah, we, that's at that point, the studios are basically saying, yeah, we own your dead family member. They are ours now. And we will use them to make money. Like this is where like, I, like I get businesses are trying to make money. How do you, as a person running a studio or like, this is what I have to do to make money. I'm going to own dead Bruce Willis or something. Insert actor's name. Like, let's say Robert Downey Jr. kicks it. We can make a hundred Iron Man movies now. Yes, this is like, that's so messed up, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it, gets, it gets rid of like, it gets rid of casting people as actors at some point because then it could be the year two, 2200 and they're like, God, Harrison Ford would be a great fit for this role. And they're like, we could just use him as AI. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not like what you should be doing. Well, and like I was listening to a different podcast and oh shoot, I forget. I think it was it was it was one of Christian Harlow's podcasts, and Winston Marshall was saying he was like, Yeah, you all like when you do the AI stuff, you're also getting rid of like makeup department and people like who'd put the makeup on the I'm like, oh shoot, I don't even like. I'm an idiot when it comes to this. I don't if you wow. haven't figured if you haven't figured out, I don't really know what I'm talking about sometimes when it comes to like the behind the scenes stuff and how movies are made. I'm like, oh God, he's right. I'm like, wait a minute, do they even have costume departments in it? Like, if you're AIing somebody in, like, do you need somebody built in a costume? Or is it like, ah, we're so good enough. We don't need to do it's like that's so like that's just like dystopianly dis- depressing to think about the like, studios being like, ah, we just want to AI people in the movies now. Yeah, but back to what I was saying, um, they did release the schedule for the movies and yeah, Deadpool 3 July, Captain America New World Order was supposed to be July. It's pushed back to February of 2025. What? Well, I'm not shocked, but like, okay, here's what I'll say though, because I knew it was not going to make this summer release date that is coming up. Um. So I'm very glad that okay. I'm mean, also February 2025. That's a long it's way like, away, man. Really, I feel it's like only a year away, kind of. It's like a year and a half away. No, um, it's year and a quarter. It's yeah, like middle of November go, right now. How do you go from like when was it? It was supposed. When was I think it's Brave New World. <laughs> Fake fan. Uh, I thought it was New World Order. I don't know, it's brave new there's new whatever world. something something world <laughs> yeah something some captain america world is coming out but um how do you how does that go from like a because it was originally supposed to come on the summer i'm surprised that it wasn't pushed back to like the fall or something it is brave new world um <laughs> dork <laughs> i know i'm an idiot uh oh, this is a very short article uh Deadpool 3 is moving off its summer from May 3rd, 2024, which is going to take over Brave New World's release date of July 2020 or July 26. But Captain America won't be kicking off summer. He's moving to February 14th, 2025. Dude, that's... I don't know, and then Blade, which that movie's never coming out in my opinion. <laughs> uh, Blade, Blade moved from the February 14th date that Captain America is taking over to November 7th which sounds about right. That's a much longer hearing. Okay. Hearing July to February doesn't sound that long to me. Hearing February to November. That sounds a lot longer to me. (laughs) Bro. Mahershala Ali is going to be like 60 when this, when blade finally comes out. Um, and then also the Thunderbolts, which did not even start production. It has bumped back from December 20th, 2024 to July 25th, 2025. Dang, multiverse they're making, a, they're making a sequel to the Lion King too. I did not know that. Is there a, a sequel to the original Lion King? Lion King, Lion King. Yeah, there's like two or three. It's like really? Lion King one and a half and Lion King two. Wasn't that crazy that they were like doing one and a half movies at one point? Because there's been another one and a half movie. Yeah, it's called uh, Captain America: Civil America's War. Yeah. Bro, that movie's so good. 
That movie is so good. But, uh, the, I mean, I'm not... Okay, here's the thing, though. We shouldn't be shocked by any of these uh, delays no. because these strikes have been going on since, what, May? Um, and it's Dude, November, which is shocking. <laughs> I would have been... I would have been really concerned about, nope, we're sticking to what we have. I'm like, bro, what, what was the point of the strike if you're just going to push this? Really, if you're gonna still trying to make Well, this? okay, well, let's say this right now because Marvel has already gone out the gates and said, yes, our movies are delayed. You know who hasn't done that yet? DC. No. Star Wars. <gasps> Dude, I'm really They concerned. need to start delaying these movies because I do not want them after watching the Marvels last night, I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, this definitely felt like a COVID movie still. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned about this new Ray movie coming out because the director they've selected, the the lady who is in charge of it, this is her first like major feature film. I think she did oh, I, I don't want to get this wrong. But did she I do Ms. Marvel? No, this is I think it's Charmaine Obeyed Shinoid. Charmaine Obeyed. I'm definitely spelling this wrong. I totally spelled Charmaine wrong. <laughs> um, her filmography is. N- Listen, I'm not saying that she shouldn't be doing this because she's a woman or anything. Like I want to be because there are people who are like oh, I shouldn't do it. She's a- dude. You know there are those internet trolls. <laughs> I know. Say that curse. But I like know. her. It's it's from what I heard, it like it's a big jump for her to be doing Star Wars. This movie with Ray has got a hit because Yeah, either people are gonna solidify like that they hate her forever, or you might be able to finally turn some people around and finally not just hate her because she's a woman and she can exactly. use the force. Exactly. Like find people can finally just appreciate characters being characters. But what I'm trying Regardless to say, of their gender. <laughs> exactly and like you know they're always gonna be the dude oh look at them doing the diversity cast look at them doing the diversity it's like dude like chill out like you're telling me star wars isn't all white men what yeah (laughs) it's straight white men in this galaxy yeah no kidding like all the superheroes when black panther came out it's like wow look at the diversity it's like bro you realize not everybody like not all superheroes look like me right (laughs) um regardless what i was trying to say is um with this ray movie this is finally like the chance because like we're not gonna i can't keep talking about how the sequel trilogy was a little uninspired at points but this is your chance to make an like a really like well thought out deep thematic movie about ray moving forward as a jedi master and like this movie has like for the sake of lucasfilm this movie's gotta be good well yeah i know i'm kind of bummed that it's also the first one that's coming out i honestly i wish this was the last one to come out out of the three um just because like of how vitriol the fan base is over like the it's just like dude i also want just more time post sequel trilogy post skywalker saga to like experience like again it's been four years since rise of skywalker came out um like i would rather it be like 10 years by the next time we see like the follow-up to what happens after that so no yeah and it's just like the recency of it because there are you see them on every single star wars post it's like the sequels aren't canon the sequels aren't canon they're terrible characters it was stupid george lucas should, should have done it it's like yo chill out man it's Nobody not that made, serious I, every time i feel no remorse every time i see somebody say george lucas should have never sold stars and every time i sit there and i see that post i'm like nobody made him sell it he had complete ownership over the property the only thing that I guess there is one person that made George Lucas sell Star Wars and it's not one person. It's more like one group of people and it's Star Wars fans. They made him sell Star Wars. Dude, yeah. And they hated for people him. to sit there and say that like, oh, I can't believe you do it. Well, that just goes to show that you could put a price tag on Star Wars and it's four billion dollars. Listen, man, the guy, that's an insane amount of money. But it well, is. It's people like, oh, the George Lucas sequel trilogy would have been amazing. It's like, dude, I we saw the plan for it. 
It would have been divisive. That's all I'm going to say. It would have been divisive. <laughs> Those weren't the completed scripts. They definitely, I mean, I'd like to think that they still would have been gone like, through some reworks prior to then, but. As long as George, I, when George isn't writing his movies, like the original stars, he didn't, he wrote parts of it, but like, you can't have that guy doing dialogue. You really can't. Otherwise you're going to get all of the Anakin Padme dialogue. Well, here's what I'll say too. I mean, with that Star Wars movie, hindsight's 2020 and Lucasfilm has the glorious hindsight of what happened with the sequel trilogy. There the shouldn't plan. be. Yeah. Here. Depending on how they do the Ray movie, it could be bad. Here's the thing. And I'd be bummed by that. I can tell if it'd be bad if they rushed it or if it's just bad because like things like I don't want to be mad at it, like whether if it was rushed or if it's just not a good story for what they have and they're just doing it to do it like kind of thing. But that both falls under the same category. So it's like it's tough. I guess I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with that. But yeah, dude, I want Anyways. that movie to be so. I want that movie to be so good. I really do because that's. Oh, I, just, I mean, that's the one that I'm because that's again that's going to solidify and like cement. That's going to cement Ray's legacy. Like this movie will cement Ray's legacy as a Star Wars character. And like, I like her character a lot, but the general <laughs> public does not share the same opinion as you and I. It's well, it's crazy because like the people our age are like the prequel were the prequel kids and the, mm-hmm. it's cool for the prequel kids to hate the sequel but there are so many like young kids like early teens um preteen they're, kids they love definitely early they're definitely early teens now yeah no but they love the sequel trilogy so like i want this movie to be good for them because back when people are hating on the prequels like there wasn't the internet for people to see that every day where like you have the the freaking neckbeard losers online saying the sequels aren't canon it's like well they are like you cannot no amount of your angry commenting is gonna change that dude like i'm sorry but that was like the status quo kind of like going through school like back like when we were kids where it was like yeah the new movies aren't that good but they're like cool like fight scenes and everything like that was like the status quo like even without like the internet being as popular as it was back when we were kids that was still somehow word of mouth got around and everybody as star wars fans was like these movies aren't that great, but we still like them for what they are. <laughs> and I mean, like yeah, any t- time you would talk to like do like Star Wars rankings with someone. I mean, yeah, shoot me. But like I would sit there and I'd say, yeah, it probably goes like one, two, three and then like six, four, five. And that's like how my rankings were as a kid. And like every single time it was always the first three were always the I mean, the second three were always the bottom three. They were always in the bottom for me. <laughs> But even like when we were young, like we watched it, we watched the worst one, Attack of the Clones, more than anything. Yeah, I, I don't know why that was too. Well, it's because they're all the lightsabers. Like that was the one. Like as a kid, you're like, this is like the action figure movie. Where like you have Yoda flipping around, screaming like a crackhead, fighting Count Dooku. Like that's that was so cool when you're a kid. We've gone so much. We've gone completely into a Star Wars hole, but like. Yeah. The Ray movie needs to be good. I'm 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 really rooting for that movie. I really hope Charmino Bachinoy does a good job at that because did she not I just do the Marvels? Pr- I mean Ms. Marvel, I thought she did Ms. Marvel. She did do Ms. Marvel, but up yeah. until Ms. Marvel but she like Which is a critically acclaimed series. It is a critically acclaimed series, and that's awesome. I think she, based on what I've heard from the Marvels is like Ms. she Marvel. nails Ms. Mar- sorry, Ms. Marvel. Listen, there are too many Marvel things. From what I've heard is like they nail the family dynamic and like the inner care, like the family dynamic. She really does a good job. Like the superhero stuff is whatever, but like she's got that like family dynamic down. So that's what I'm excited to see her bring into Star Wars. But I'll be honest, I am not familiar with any of the, any of the, her other material that she has done. I'm looking at her filmography. I don't recognize any of it, but that's not again. That's not to say that she's going to make a bad movie. This is just has all, this movie has a lot riding on it, and it's kind of gutsy to go with this one right away. But ignorance is bliss. That's true. It is. Um, we have no idea about any of the things she's made, but um, yeah, I, we're way off of Loki at this point. But ten out of ten series. Why would yes. you mute and start talking? 
I don't know. I was, I was just about to clear my throat. And then I said, yes. And I was like, nobody heard me when I did that. Um, but yeah, I get it's coming back to the main point of Loki and the multiverse saga. This show is really hype. I, I don't know where we go from here, to be honest with you. I don't know how we move forward because we don't have any Kangs being teased right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the Marvels. I won't spoil anything at, in the recording. Um, this one. I, yeah. I mean, the post-credit scene was exciting, but um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen from there. But yeah. I uh I don't have much else to say. I don't know if you do. Uh I do not. Um yeah. We'll talk about yeah. Yeah. Well, uh next up is Gen V, which will be happening here shortly. Um Yes. That show is really good. Can't have mixed thoughts on it, but we'll I'm not done yet, so I got like two episodes left. Um, but in the meantime, that's it for like the year for Seer. I mean, Invincible's coming out, and then that's kind of it. Yeah, I'm behind. I haven't been watching Invincible at all. Yeah, I think two episodes are out now. Um, damn, I Percy Jackson's at the end of the year, but I don't think there's any other series that are coming out. <sighs> Bummer. Time to Skeleton Crew is supposed to, to be out. That Batman, man. I'm really excited for that show. I guess it's time to watch the Batman again. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys in Gen V. Gen V. Peace right. out. Bye.